0: Hello, and welcome to the NCTM podcast. My name is Steve McCormack from the NCTM's communications team, and we're recording this very near the end of the 2021 autumn term. 2022 is nearly upon us. Our topic today is the maths guidance for Key Stage 3 that came out from the DfE earlier this term, but which was substantially written by my colleague, Carol Knights, the NCTM's Director for Secondary Maths, who's with me now. We're going to have a look at the guidance in a bit of detail in a moment to find out how it might be used by you listening to our podcast, I hope. That's secondary teachers and secondary departments. Also joining us a bit later will be Carrie Martin, who's maths lead for a multi-academy trust based in Bristol. And we'll find out how the schools in Hermat are starting to work with this guidance. But first to you, Carol. Um, why, why did this guidance get written in the first place? What's the purpose?
1: So we've had for a number of years a a short document from the DfE which sets out what's the statutory requirements within Key Stage 3, the content that we need to cover, but we haven't had that guidance about how you might approach some of these topics. And so at the NCTM we were looking at uh, producing some professional development materials to help teachers understand and to start to think and reflect on how they approach different topics. And I'd just like to just clarify that although I pulled this guidance together, I was had a very instrumental in pulling this guidance together. There was actually a, a small team that, that wrote much, you know, many of the, um, the documents and, and much of the materials that we have in that, those PD materials, and then, that then appear in this, this national guidance, or well, non-statutory as it is.
0: Okay, big um, shout out to all the teachers around the country and colleagues of ours at the NCTM who, as you say, pulled together to, to bring this guidance uh, to fruition eventually. Let's start by having a look. At the structure, first of all, so we, we and our listeners can get in, in our heads an idea of the structure. I personally think of it in, in sort of three main sections, a sort of introductory section and then a, a sample framework, which we offer, we, we, voluntary offer, and then and then a big section where we go into real detail in lots of the topics. So what's in the introductory section to start with? So the
1: introductory section and that sample um, Key Stage 3 curriculum framework, those are the bits that are new. So when you come to the more detailed sections, those are the things that many of our listeners may be familiar with in the the Key Stage 3 PD materials that we already have. So within the introduction, as you might expect in this sort of document, it sets out what's the structure of the document, what you might expect to see in each of those sections. There's also a really detailed section on how departments might collaborate to develop their schemes of learning, uh, their, their curriculums, um, thinking about the sequencing of them, thinking about how they work in classrooms. We think this is something that departments will find really useful to do. And I think sometimes... It's something that is not a collaborative activity. It's something that often one or two people within the department will work on the scheme of work and then share it with the rest of the department. And we think that it ought to be a really a really sort of vibrant um, developmental process where colleagues work together and all have buy in um, into what they're actually going to do um, together as a maths department. Um, so there's some, some guidance written about how you might go about developing a coherent curriculum as a department. And I think that's really important that people don't overlook that
0: section. OK. And then the second section, as, as we mentioned, is a sample curriculum framework. It's something which we just offer, isn't it? It's not something which in any way we think schools should adopt if they've got something perfectly uh fu- that functions perfectly well otherwise but so, but why, why the sample curriculum framework
1: so we have to have some sort of order to the material we're offering and so uh, and there are many um, teachers in the past who have asked us if we've got a certain order of teaching that we might recommend so we've put together As you say a sample curriculum framework you do not have to people don't have to adopt it at all um if you but it's it's one of the things that you might look at and just think about why have people why have we put it in that particular order and how how does our curriculum um compare to, to what's offered here as a sample curriculum framework one of the things that we noticed when we looked at curriculum frameworks and schemes of learning Um, that that others were using was that there are actually quite a few bits of content that do not sit within the key stage three curriculum. And I think at this particular time when we are trying to um, pull together and and recover learning um, as as a nation, we don't want to teach in Key Stage 3 anything that really doesn't need to be taught. And so we've stripped that right back and picked out the content that's actually within the Key Stage 3 curriculum in the statutory guidance and put together an order of teaching which makes sense to us uh, so that you have concepts that are built upon from Year 7 and then into Year 8 and then into Year 9.
0: So I've just looked at the guidance. that, that What you've just been talking about covers about six pages and it starts, as you say, with... Year seven autumn term, which is place value in this sample framework. And it goes right through to uh, the summer term in year nine, which happens to be graphical representations. So there is that order that, that you say we're offering. Uh, and then the, the main body of the guidance, which is probably a couple of hundred pages or more, goes into real depth in that order, doesn't it? And yes. unpicks every topic. And, and how does it unpick every topic?
1: So the, it, it is really quite detailed, and many people who have seen the Key Stage 3 PD materials will be familiar with this structure. Um, but I have to say that we actually had to pre-see those documents, because although this has ended up as an almost 300-page document, if we'd have used everything that was in those PD materials, there would be about 1,000 pages, I think. And so I think if people want more exemplification at any point, going back to those Key Stage 3 PD materials is a, is a really good thing to do, because there are more examples and um, more prompts in those. But let's go back to what what is actually in there. So the first thing that we do is is just think about uh, what's what's important in this bit of the curriculum. We look at what the prior learning is and and where it might be going. Um, We give suggestions about how you might check prior learning. Um, So whether that be looking back to Key Stage 2 or when we get to Year 9, looking back earlier in Key Stage 3. We talk very briefly about the language that's used And then we think about some key ideas. So what's important in that bit of content? What are the key ideas that students need to really get to grips with to make progress within that bit of content? And that's where we give some examples of the sorts of questions that you might ask. And and we sort of unpick those questions a little bit and explain... Here's, here we've got a question with, with some variation in it and we explain what that variation looks like and why we put the question in that particular order or we might look at something about a representation that might be used to support the learning for a particular question so we look at all sorts of aspects and start on it. we think that this will help teachers and in, in departments to think about and to reflect on what they're doing it might be that they look at those questions and then take them into the classroom to try them out and see how they work or it might just be a prompt within a pd session that they look at the question and think about the the prompts that we've offered for them to reflect on that bit of content
0: so two things i spotted that are in that that big section you've just spoken about one is reference to these things called ready to progress criteria which Uh, are part of the Key Stage 2 guidance, which came out about a year before the Key Stage 3 guidance. And those are things to help primary teachers just assess whether or not an individual pupil or a group of pupils or a class are ready to progress to the next topic. And you make reference to those, don't you, in the Key Stage 3 guidance?
1: yes so within the guidance we do refer back to key stage two and in all places we point back to certain documents so whether it be the ready to progress document or um, some of our assessment documents with both the secondary one and the primary ones we give examples and we refer back to those so that teachers can build on what's happened in previous phases of learning Um, and that's something that we think is really important recognizing what's gone before making sure that's really firm before you move on Um, and people also may be aware of the the check points that we have. So the year seven checkpoints, w- which are being produced in the order of this document, um, in the year in the order of the scheme of learning for year seven. Um, so those relate exactly to that and give even more sort of um, resources for teachers to use in classrooms to just see how secure learning is before they move on to the content that we've we've put into year seven.
0: And another thing I spotted in the, um, the detailed material going through the topic by topic through the framework is there are there are about 52 of these key ideas which are, are really put under the microscope and within that there are examples aren't there which teachers could use in classrooms themselves within lessons they're wrapped around by all sorts of professional development content which makes teachers think before they do use them but there are things which can be used in classrooms aren't there
1: Yeah. So for each of those 52 exemplified key ideas, we really go into a lot of detail about what the common misconceptions might be, because for teachers that are new to teaching a particular bit of content, sometimes it's not obvious what those misconceptions might be and the sorts of activities that you might do to try and elicit those misconceptions and then to address them. And um, if you, if people want to use some of these activities in the classroom, if you go to the to the website where we have all of these exemplify key ideas within our documents, there's now actually a set of powerpoints which provide the slides for both PD sessions and for classroom use. So we've taken on board um, the fact that you know obviously teachers don't want to have to put things together themselves. If if we could um, put that together for them, then that would be really helpful. So that's what we've done. So those are there so, on the website as you mentioned. Know.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So we've we've got an idea now. Broad, in broad terms, what the guidance consists of, and and briefly, we're going to talk to Carrie, who, who's doing this on the ground. But briefly, Carol, to start with, how do you see some ways in which secondary departments might use this guidance?
1: So I think when if people are thinking about reviewing their order of learning and looking at the activities that they've got within each of the bits of content. Um, or they, they identify an issue perhaps with, uh, for instance, um, children's understanding of algebra, which you won't find as necessarily as a, as a content, as a bit of content within this document because we think as algebra is generalised number. Um, but if you're thinking about reviewing that and you see, you notice that your students have a particular issue with something, then you might come to the guidance to have a look and to see what we've suggested, what, how you might look at things within the department to review what it is you do and to sort of re, revisit things and um, so it's not something that we expect we would expect some uh, sort of department to look at everything all at once because it's too huge but it's, it's something that's, that's there for the long term that you would take your time over you would prioritize the things that you need to look at um, and the things that you need to focus on so it, it would just support people in, in reviewing um, their curriculum
0: and, and as you said it, it's something for the long term which we hope departments will use on an ongoing basis for years really but but not expect them to to use use the whole thing immediately because as you say that just wouldn't be possible because of the size. So let's turn to Carrie Martin now. Thank you Carrie. You are the secondary maths lead for the Cabot Learning Federation which is a mat based in Bristol is that right? Yep, that's right. And about how many secondary schools um are so in your we've, family?
2: We've got roughly 10 secondary schools.
0: And um I'm sure you've got yourself a history and a, a, a background in secondary maths teaching, yes?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I, yeah. I was teaching in London uh, for a number of years, and then came back home to Bristol. Um, and I was head of maths of one of our one of our secondary schools before I then took on the role to sort of lead maths across.
0: Okay, so I know it's early days. This this, this guidance is big. It's only been out a couple of months. But what, what are your early thoughts about how? the schools in your mat, the secondary math departments particularly, might start to, to, to use it?
2: So I'm certainly excited about schools engaging with it um, and our teachers really starting to unpick some of the detail that Carol's already described. Um, I think there's some really useful um, sort of signposting to things like representation and structure that for some of our teachers they they know of it and they've got a sense of it and they've seen some really interesting things at Key Stage 2, but actually kind of almost just giving them more of a sense of we're teaching this now, so let's look at these things now, um, and, and kind of really getting into that detail is really exciting. I, I wouldn't say that we're doing it yet in quite the way that I would like to, but that is the aim, that we can get to the point where people can unpick the right bits at the right times for what they're teaching. So that, that's the aim. I think at the moment, what, what we've, what I've done is just shown people that it is there and given them a sense of what the structure is, as you've described the sort of sections. Um, and also referenced, because I think it's quite a useful, uh, reference is the glossary at the end as well. So I've, I've sort of shown people it's there. Um, and now the next task is to st- start signposting where the right things are within our curriculum um, and also to do the job of looking at our curriculum plan and how does it differ.
0: Okay so let's pick up up on that point. Carol mentioned the sample curriculum framework which this document offers. Your scheme of learning I think I'm right in saying doesn't match that entirely but nevertheless you, you, you certainly don't see that as an obstacle at all do you?
2: Absolutely not. Um, I think it, it is fair to say that had we been starting our curriculum development sort of journey, if we were starting that now, I'd probably say, oh, great, let's go with that. However, we're not. You know, we started some really detailed collaborative work to put together our curriculum. We started that, I mean, five years ago, if not more. And year by year, we've tweaked and adjusted and amended and so i you know i know that we've made quite sort of conscious decisions about what goes where um so i'm i mean for example one of the ways ours differs you know at the start of year seven we we have some probability work um we made a really conscious choice about that and and some people you know argued about that we had lots of discussions lots of good sort of discussions on that and actually we've we've kept with that because it's a way of doing something new exploring some ideas and but also seeing within probability how students are working with fractions decimals percentages it's just a really nice way to start the year um and so We've kept that, even though that's one area that differs. We also made the choice, and this was a, a later tweak, actually, um, where we've, we've split uh, work on fractions so that we, we do adding and subtracting fractions earlier. And then later, when we're coming into some work on proportion, we then look at multiplying and dividing fractions. So there are some real sort of clear places where we do something differently. Um, but obviously, the main task for me now is... And and obviously, it's not just my task. This is something I will do with colleagues across our academies to make sure that this is a process we're going through together. Uh, But what I really want to do is sit down and look at the detail about what we've put where um, and really just to look at. The, the kind of, as Carol said, the prior learning and the, the kind of where are their prerequisites? Have we got the, the ordering right? Does it match your ordering even if things are put in different places? If that makes sense. So, so some deliberate choices putting things together when there's a real connection between those topics i mean we we have serds and and pythagoras together and, and that's partly because we've taken our scheme of learning into year 10 as well now so you know so we've sort of tried to just really think carefully about what goes together but also think about what has to come first you know in that sense
0: okay thank you a couple of generic points which i'd like to mm. pick up on w- with carol now so The fact that probability is at the beginning of uh, year seven in Carrie's schools in in her mat, that doesn't in any way stop Carrie and her teachers going to the probability section in the guidance and, and, and using that section exactly how you've described, does it, Carol?
1: No, absolutely not. Um, so I think it's, it's a really interesting um, place to put it because probability is something that students don't encounter in, um, in primary. Um, and as you said, it's a really good way to, to just to just start to probe what do they already understand about fractions and, and percentages and, and, um, and that kind of thing. So I think it's a it's an interesting one to start with um, mm. But, 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 and I, li- I really like the way that you're saying, saying that you're going to use that formatively to, you know, to try and assess um, that understanding of fractions.
0: Um, and the, the second point is that, as, as you mentioned, Carrie, the, the order of teaching that you've got in your map was the result of a collaborative process, exactly as Carol described at the beginning of this conversation. And it, I, I presume it, it just means a little bit more ownership and understanding of why things are where they are by all of your teachers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that We've had a number of different teachers, even from within one of our schools, working together to, to keep. And also, I suppose the, the thing that I've mentioned, and I hope it, it came out from what I said before, you know, within the introductory section, it talks about that sense of this being a live document that you keep reviewing and revisiting. That's exactly what we've been doing over the years as our curriculum has grown year by year. Um, we've constantly tried to go back to what have we taught this year, not just looking to the, you know, what do we need to put in place for next year? But actually, how has it gone this year? What worked? What didn't? Where can we tweak things? And I think we're very open to tweaking things. If when we look at your sample framework, we feel as though there's something that maybe we haven't got quite right in terms of have they covered the prerequisite skill um, you know, and ha- have we got that right? If there are things that we feel we've got wrong, then we'll make those make those changes.
0: Might one example of that be um, the progression through key ideas in each of the main 26 or so topics, Carol, correct me if I'm wrong. You suggest how teachers might progress through these key ideas. Um, and is that something which you might interrogate, Carrie, just to see whether that matches the way you you and your team have 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 done things so far
2: absolutely i think that's really helpful um and certainly it's something we've been trying to do together to kind of almost navigate through where do students develop those ideas as they go through um but i think it's really helpful to to be able to kind of refer to the the document for that um and and yeah and to kind of cross-check it about against what we have yeah
1: Yeah, And I I will actually sort of just say at this point that when when coming up with those key ideas and the orders of progression, that is something that I spent quite a long time with a a small team of people. We spent a long time thinking about what those were, trying them out, um, exploring them with some of our mastery specialists and the orders of those. So I I think, you know, we've given... We've given quite a lot of consideration to them. It doesn't mean to say that they're completely correct, you know. So if, if you, other people might sort of um, think it's something in a slightly different audio or or sort of put more emphasis on something or add something in and that's absolutely fine. So this is, this is our, our suggestion of an order, but there is, uh, you know, as I said, quite a lot of um, thought that has gone into those. So we, we're hopeful um, that they're, um, that it, it works for, for a wide range of people, of teachers.
0: Mm. Um, OK, I think we're, we're, we're getting I'm going to ask both of you for any any final comments in a moment. But I'm just going to observe for the benefit of you listening at home that although this is a big document, there is a really helpful contents right very close to the beginning. The pages three, four, five, six ish, where all of these topics in the order in the sample framework are listed and um, they're hyperlinked just moving away from the microphone for a moment, they're hyperlinks. So if you find what you want to do in your department at any time, you can quickly go to the section of this large document and quickly find the real detail, the the learn the prior learning, checking prior learning, the progression through ideas, the exemplification, all of that. And that will be a relatively small amount of material that you can use to, to plan a, a unit or, or, or however you break up your, your curriculum in, in your school. So any sort of additional remarks that you, you haven't been able to make yet? Carol's got her hand up. You, Carol.
1: It's just about that navigation. And I don't even know whether I'm allowed to sort of promote a certain um, uh, web browser or whatever. But we have found that when we're looking at the document in terms of navigation through the document, it's best you're best off opening it either with Adobe or with Chrome.
0: OK, if that's if it, what you've found, you're allowed to say other browsers and, other browsers and, and design uh, tools are available. But that's your experience, which is great to pass on.
1: You will find that if you do that, you get a bar on the left hand side where you can very easily open and close various sections that doesn't appear in all browsers. But those are two things that we know they certainly do.
0: OK, Harry, anything else you'd like to mention?
1: Um I, I
2: suppose I just welcome um, the the fact that we have this document now i think it's really helping us to focus on particularly coherence from key stage two to key stage three i think you know i don't know whether many secondary maths teachers have had found any time to really engage in the detail within the ready to progress key stage two guidance and you know the reality may be that they haven't in a way this is um a really useful sort of next step so that we are really highlighting some of those, the representations and the language that hopefully our students are coming into secondary school with from their experience from Key Stage 2. And it's almost flagging up to us. Here's here's where we might start and and then how does it, how does it develop? Um, so I, I just think that's really useful.
1: I think, that's, I think that's really, really helpful, Carrie, because, we, you know, I think many secondary teachers will, will agree that actually understanding what's happened at Key Stage 2 is really important, but simply don't have the time to go out and find find it out for themselves. And so, you know, we thought putting that in here and signposting some documents, giving some examples of the sorts of questions that would be tackled in Key Stage 2 would be a useful thing for Key Stage 3 teachers.
0: Great. Well, thank you very much indeed, uh, Carol and and Carrie, and and to you listening at home, wherever you're listening to this. We hope it's been of some help in you starting to get uh, get the hang of uh, this uh, new guidance. And hopefully it'll be of help for you and your colleagues in your department to start using it gradually, as Carol and Carrie have both said, gradually over the course of the next couple of terms, next few years, to inform and eventually enrich and and improve the math teaching for the benefit of the people who are right at the heart of everything we've been talking about, namely the students going to school every day. So thanks again, Carol and uh, Carrie. Please subscribe to the NCTM podcast if if you like it to make sure you get notified every time a new one comes out. We try to do about three or four every term. And the next one will be coming up soon. Uh, You can also like us and recommend us to colleagues as well, because that helps just spread the audience of the uh, maths podcast that we do every now and then, covering all phases of maths education. But uh, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you listen to this, thanks for listening and goodbye.